Houston. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. people like it but come on <laughs> in the realm of football movies we've done is it different so it's a little bit compelling yeah i get that but let's be let's be real it's not good at all uh so we got a lot going on here today uh we do have coverage by the way of the draft first round tonight starts at 7 here on 1017 the hammer uh, we'll have rounds two and three for you on Friday as well, starting at 6.30. So we got you covered here all weekend long. We've also got Saturday's uh, draft festivities starting at noon. So lots of stuff to talk about here. With that, we have got um, baseball to be talking about. There's just so much stuff. I love it. Great time of the year. Let's get started like we always do. It's time for your need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. All right, Cubs come back a five-two-three ball. Or I'm sorry, the Cubs came up short last night. <laughs> I, I was, I was hoping they would come back. I told you to take the money line. I felt good about it, but now they come up short five-to-three last night. Drew Smiley four Ks, two runs allowed in five innings. Trey Mancini goes yard for the fourth time this season. The rubber match is on now. Cubs got themselves in an early hole, one to nothing, but then. Put up three runs here in the bottom of the second. They lead three to one. Hosmer hit his second homer. Velasquez also hit his second homer. So there you go. Wesneski is on the mound for the Northsiders. Three innings so far. Three hits, one run, three strikeouts. A solo shot he gave up to many. Machada. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Meanwhile, the White Sox will open up a series against the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. Shane McClanahan is on the mound. Lefty taking on Dylan Cease. Both these guys undefeated. They're combined 6-0. and McClanahan was fantastic when these two teams played down in Tampa. And that was his last start. Six innings, three hits, two solo shots, and ten strikeouts. We told you, you know, you know that the White Sox have been solid against lefties traditionally. The problem is this year it has not translated into their game. I mean, they've been a train wreck as of late. But if you want to go to best ops against left-handers, Chicago goes all the way down to 22nd. And they used to live in the top, like, five over the last few years. I mean, even if I go to batting average, it's 214. They're 25th. 
The only teams worse against left-handers, the Brewers, the Twins, the Yankees, the Mariners, and the Dodgers. And it's weird to see the Yankees that low at 28th. So I don't know. Wind's blowing in 10 miles an hour from left center. And the last time these guys were on the mound here, it was extra innings. It was 4-3, to three, and that was in a dome. So, yeah, I, I look, I just, for me, I think the White Sox just lose. I know that. Don't forget that bullpen is absolutely horrendous, too, for the White Sox. So, uh, it may be tight early, but uh, depending on how long seas can go, this may get uh, ugly later on. Been all quiet on the NFL draft front that does kick off tonight. We told you 7 o'clock. What we do know is that it will be in Kansas City. And it's slated to be one of the more unpredictable drafts we've had in recent memory. The number one pick belongs to the Panthers via the Chicago Bears, who traded back to the ninth overall pick. Bears own 10 picks as of right now, including that ninth pick and two second-round picks. Now, the Colts are back in the first round with a pick, and it's been a hot minute since that's happened, it feels like. They picked fourth overall. It's only the second time they've had a first-rounder since 2018. That's when they took Quentin Nelson. Took Quitty Pay two years ago with their one first-round pick that they had. I found it odd here, too. I was doing some research on this. If you look at the Colts' first-round draft picks in even number years, it goes Nelson, Kelly, Luck, Hughes, uh, Adai Freeney, Morris, Peyton, Harrison, and Falk. Those are the even-number-year draftees. Odd-number draftees, Pay, Hooker, Dorsett, Werner, Costanzo, Donald Brown, Anthony Gonzalez, and then you get a you get two years of a couple of Hall of Famers, which is awesome. But I'm just saying like that, those even years, absolutely stacked for the Colts. Mike Bolt Jr. stole his 71st career base, and that sets the Purdue all-time record for career steals. But the Boilermakers were kept off the scoreboard until the sixth inning, where they already trailed 8 to nothing. Uh, they managed to put four up on the board. They lose to Miami of Ohio, 8-4 to the final. Boilermakers uh, got some help from a two-run single from C.J. Valdez, and that tried to get a little mini-rally going. It just did not sustain. Uh, They're going to host Rutgers this weekend. That starts tomorrow at 6 p.m. They've got some great giveaways this weekend as well. Go to PurdueSports.com, click on those promotions, uh, including another Bark in the Park giveaway uh, this weekend as well. All right, let's see if we can get uh, some action here. I'm done betting the NHL playoffs. I can't I can't hit the broad side of a barn with the NHL playoffs right now. It's terrible. And oddly enough, I did not watch very much NBA this year, and I'm crushing the NBA bets. I watch a ton of hockey, can't do that. Baseball's been above average. But the NBA's been where it's at for me lately. So with that, I think I take the Celtics tonight in Atlanta. But I don't want to take that first half money line. I want to take the first half money line is what I want. Now, you could go ahead and take the uh, the spread there at three and a half for the first half. 
but I found this interesting. Game six road team first half against the spread. 65% that hits. 65%. That's pretty darn good. That's we're, we're talking good teams on the road game six. The higher seeded teams, they're hitting 65% on that number. Yeah, I'm in on that one. That's the one I'm going to go ahead and take. I don't want to give you I, I, the hockey. It's just I can't hit it. I'm McKinnon last night. Four and a half shots had four. Boston would do it. They lose in overtime. And look, to be fair on that one, I did not know that Florida was going to switch goalies right before the game. But Seattle also managed to win in Colorado, so uh, I'm I'm dead in the water right now. I'm waiting until round two. We'll try it again in round two. Uh, also, I mean, the sooner you can get in on these Tampa Bay Rays money lines, I think you're going to be better off. Minus 155, that's it. Have you watched the Sox? The Sox are incapable of putting up more than four runs. Can't do it. Meanwhile, you've got a Rays team that's first in runs and second in batting average, first in on-base percentage. The White Sox are supposed to compete with that for four games? No. I, I don't care if they came in with one came within one run in um in in those first two games. That's no, that's not. Probably on the money line, or probably a stay on the money line because I feel burnt. But I don't hate you taking um, that run line tonight. Minus one and a half only gets you plus 110, though. Oof. Woof. I don't know how much you like that. But seriously, I mean, when's the last time the White Sox put up serious runs? 8 nothing to the Jays they lost. 7 nothing to the Jays they lost. 5-2. to two. Tampa, they put up one run, three runs, seven runs. Phillies, they put up two runs. Phillies, they put up three runs and then four runs. I mean, without Tim Anderson in the lineup, they continue to struggle. And last time I checked, I, is, is Tim going to walk through that door tonight? No, he's doing a rehab assignment this weekend in Charlotte. So until he comes back, I will remain fading the White Sox. They just, the, the stats are there. When he does not in the lineup, I mean, they lose almost a whole run a game on average. There you go. And even with him back in, uh, this team's still got a bunch more problems. I like Dylan Cease. I really do. I think McClanahan was out of his mind the last time that they played. But these are not going to be pleasant hitting conditions here tonight. 
I just don't see where the White Sox get the runs. I just don't. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll get you the latest from the draft. Uh, what are the rumors swirling? What's the latest here? Uh, we'll try to see what we can decipher as uh, we preview tonight's NFL draft. What's in store for the Bears? What's in store for the Colts? Let's talk about it next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 101- you can always reach out to me on the Hammerhead hotline by texting 765 447 That's 765-447-4080. Always love hearing from the Hammerheads. You guys do a great job. Draft tonight. Again, we'll have the coverage. It starts at 7 o'clock here on 101.7 The Hammer. Just in case you're out and about. I was like, throw that stuff out. Maybe you're out with the kids' sports and stuff like that. Want to keep up to date with things? Put the little earbuds in. Take a listen. We got you. It is very quiet today. Not a lot of rumblings, not a lot of rumors about uh, you know, trades or anything like that. As of right now, the Colts remain at number four. The Bears remain at number nine. And nothing in front of them has changed for now. It's one of the harder things, I think, to predict is how much action, and we've seen a lot of trades, especially the latter rounds the last couple of years. Now, who feels froggy enough to do that? Great question. Great question. Do the Colts feel the need to move up one spot? I don't think so. I think they're there. I think Bryce Young's number one. I think Stroud probably stays number two. And then you got to question what's going to happen at three. Are the Cardinals okay? Are they going to stay in that spot and take somebody? Or is there a worry about quarterbacks? And somebody makes that jump like Tennessee up there to get them. Now, couple of triggers here that we'll be watching if you are a Colts fan. You know that the Panthers are going to take a quarterback first. It's just going to happen. It sounds like it's Bryce, but nobody is 100% locked in and sure on that. But who Carolina takes could very well affect who Houston wants to take. If you take their top guy and then they say, hey, we're, we're not, we don't know that we like Levis. We don't know that we like CJ Stroud because of the test and all that stuff. Maybe, um, you know, Hooker, we'd be happy with Hooker and we want to go and take a, an, an edge rusher. I mean, they've got a couple of different needs. There's been a rumor that they could do that. And we talked about this earlier in the week where I say, I think that's ridiculous to do. I think you got to get yourself a great quarterback there. And I just, I think you can get a good edge rusher too when you pick at 12. What's the question here? Can I get a better quarterback and, um, 
and defensive end combo going to uh, two twelve. If I pick the quarterback first, or if I pick the defensive end first, because I think if you leave an extra, if 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 Houston leaves another quarterback out there, I think Tennessee's making a move up and getting in front of Indianapolis. And even if they do that. You know, Indianapolis is in the same position, aren't they? Richardson or Levis. I would assume Tennessee would jump up to take C.J. Stroud. Vrabel is an Ohio State kind of guy, isn't he? Yes, he's, he spent some time there, right? If he was all of a sudden there at that spot, does Tennessee feel good enough to jump up there and grab their guy? I don't know that the Colts were that in on Stroud. They could be. If he's there, I think they'd be okay with that. But I think Levis or Richardson would have to be off the board. I still think it comes down to those two. I think that's what's left at that spot. And I don't think the Colts trade up. And I think they have resigned themselves to that fact. Which is what I think they should do. Bryce Young could turn out to be really good. I not crazy about the size. Stroud on his, you know, I'm not a test taker, I'm a playmaker. Uh, Levis seems like a weird dude. Richardson seems like a physical freak and has the completion issues, right? That that that's this is this is my gambit. This is what I've got. Nobody's going to be perfect in that spot. What do I feel like that I can work with the most if I'm the Colts? And it's still Levis to me. He's got all the physical tools. I just feel like it's a better starting point. Like Richardson's just too much of a project. But who knows? They may be willing to take that on. I just don't see one quarterback taken in the first three picks. That seems super weird. Because if if the Texans pass, I guarantee you the the Cardinals are getting a couple of calls. A couple of calls. So that all works out. And, you know, where does that leave the Bears? Again, the rumors continue to swirl that they may be looking to trade back even further. I don't know that they're going to do that, though. I just don't. I think you're in a good position there at nine, unless you get some great offer that you only got to move back one or two. I think you're in a great position there to protect Justin Fields with one of those three top offensive tackles. who I don't see a ton of difference. They're all pretty darn good. I I told you, I like Skaronsky just because I think he's, um, you can play him at multiple positions. He may not be like, you know, your left tackle. But boy, that's a heck of a ball player.
That's a guy that I, I like those versatile guys that you can switch into guard if you need to. Or you can start him at guard and switch him out to tackle if you have to do it, depending on whatever the situation is with your team. I like that versatility. And I think if he's on the board there at nine, I, I don't like passing him up. I just don't. To me, to trade from one, then to nine, and then further back, I whew, I don't know that I like that. I just don't. I do see the Colts standing pat. It's Levis or Richardson. You know, at least Bryce, more than likely Bryce is coming off first. Do the Texans get crazy and throw this for a little bit of a loop? Because if they don't take a quarterback here, then the Cardinals are going to get offers. And it depends on where the Cardinals want to go back. But the great news for the Bears there is, you know, if the, the most likely candidates that want to move up to do that, I mean, it's Tennessee. Maybe the Packers want to jump up there. Maybe the Seahawks, but they're all behind you. That's good news. Both teams still remain in, in pretty strong spots right now. I think it's a Colts is stand pat. Stand pat, you get Levis, I think that's a win for you. Bears, you get one of the top offensive tackles, staying at nine, and you got a little more capital for getting back out. The Fantastic job. Everybody pat yourself on the back. Good job. You can go through day one feeling pretty darn good about yourself. You don't overthink this. You just don't. I'd like to see Bears go offensive line first. Unless there's some god-awful run on, uh, on defensive tackles. And you get a little impatient. Eh, maybe. But it's got to be offensive line first. I think you just you just got to protect Justin Fields. I think you can stockpile good corners. I think you can find some good guys for that front seven uh, on day two. Absolutely. And you got two picks to do it, too. You can do all defense tomorrow. I mean, Colts, you know they need the quarterback. You're in the position to get a top quarterback. You take a top quarterback and you see what happens. Plenty of great corners here. It's a, it's a, it's a good secondary draft. You almost wish that you needed a tight end. Either one of these teams need a tight end. And, and boy, this is such a deep tight end class here, too. That you'd be able to get somebody that makes a difference. But, you know, Colts, you'll, you got two picks on day two. One in the second, one in the third. Don't overthink it. Just don't overthink it. All right, we're going to take another break here. Don't go anywhere. Yes, it's another day, and the portal continues to turn, 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 turn. We've got the latest. Stick around. It's the Hammer Down Show. Welcome back. Hammer Down Show rolls on. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. We just cannot go a day without talking about what in the heck is going on in the portal in Purdue with a couple of uh, more guys that have hit the portal. Cornerback T. Denson uh, is in the portal. 
That's the third defensive back into the portal. And uh, who was the other one? It was uh, Kentrell Marks, the running back, has hit the portal. So that's 17 players uh, into the portal. Maybe a slightly higher number than anybody expected. I, it's a that's a running back room that you know I he probably wasn't going to fit in with Devin Mockaby being as good as he, Dylan Downing is back and you know they had that news where Tyrone Tracy was going to slide in at running back so yeah it makes sense now bat signals up on social media today that there's maybe multiple commitments coming in today it's getting harder and harder. To keep track of. I think like on three even had like a like a portal indexed. It's a transfer portal ranking that they have. How they do that, I don't know, but they do it based on individuals and they will do it uh, based on teams. They will show you the highest uh, ranked recruits that are still available. It's like a whole thing now. By the way, they do have Colorado at the top of their index score. I like this, though. If uh, you remember Golden Black, you know, over at On3, they'll do this. It's 55 out right now is what they have for Colorado, 32 in. So we're trying to make up a 23 difference. He's Dion's out of one five-star, four four-stars, only lost one four-star. He's added 26 three-stars, while he's lost 45 three-stars. And they think he's added, was this, $2.7 million in adjusted NIL value? It's the name of the game these days, right? Big 10 teams that appear on here, uh, Wisconsin at five. They've added three four-stars. And uh, almost even on their three-star index. Our old buddy Jeff Brom down at Louisville, they come in at 8th. They've had 25 out and 16 in. They brought in two four-stars, lost one. And they're down about six uh, on the spread on three stars and have lost $412,000 in adjusted NIL value, according to On3. This is interesting stuff. It really is. I like how they'll show you, you know, the number of four-stars, you know, five-stars, three-stars in versus out. I don't understand how this is going to work, though. I need to see the math behind this. Like Michigan, for example, says at 19th and Indiana sit at 20th. It's like Michigan's added four or five four-star guys, haven't lost any five or four stars. They've lost 13 three-stars, but added two. So you're down 11 three-stars, but you've also added half of that back, essentially, in four-stars, and that's not good enough. And you've also somehow went you know, and lost three hundred fifty nine thousand in adjusted nil value. Like I, this is all very confusing. Very very. Indiana comes in at twentieth. If you want to know where Purdue is at in, in all this nonsense, uh, I had to scroll down. They're not even in the top fifty in these uh, in these rankings. And of course, uh, this is this is moving quickly, right? So it's kind of hard to keep this up. Uh, they said it's sixty second. 
So we got 15 out and 8 in as of right now. But if we get a couple in here today that pushes the double digits, hey, maybe it pushes them up. This is about as pointless, though, I think, as um, you know your, your high school recruit rankings, especially now with the way the portal is. I mean, your, your high school class, if nobody's going to sit around and develop these guys, what's the point of ranking the classes if everybody's going to be like on these one-year deals, essentially? So it's starting to feel like, isn't it? And, you know, we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about how Colorado may just change the way business is done in NCAA football if they're able to do this. They've got 55 guys out and 32 guys in. That's both tops in the country. Teams that come close to that, 32 in, 55 out. Arizona's got 27 in, 29 out. Oregon's got 28 out, 10 in. Indiana has 21 out, 10 in. Nebraska had 21 out and 11 in. We're not even close. I don't think anyone is that close to losing as many Cincinnati had 23 out, 15 in. So you see like the rarefied air that they're sitting in right now. And I know he was on Pat McAfee yesterday. And look, I I said yesterday, cold world. The players can also do this stuff to programs, right? They can up and leave. But the thing that was disheartening when I saw him on Pat McAfee in that clip and he described it, hey, I gotta move the old furniture out so I can get new furniture in. I mean, that just I get the argument that, hey, you're not good enough to play here, you're not good enough to play here. But really what I think the argument there is, is hey, I think I can get better I can get somebody better than you. So you no longer have a scholarship. That's real cold. Because I thought at the core of this, we were still supposedly pretending like it was about the kids and getting an education and stuff, at least for a majority of them. Look, the top tier are going to be fine. The top tier ones are the ones that are getting money to move. They're getting money to be there. They're going to go to the pros and get more money. They're fine. But I think we forget about when you look at just these transfer portal rankings, where are all these people leaving coming from? The three-star category. And while I think it's a damn shame that you can come into a job, get paid millions of dollars, and also pull kids' scholarships, that is the rules. That's the way it is. What I didn't like is describing kids as furniture and then Pat nervously laughing about that analogy. I think at least those kids deserve a little bit of dignity because we know that how many of them are not going to end up Finding programs and scholarships. Somebody's out there going good. They can pay like the rest of us do. Yeah. But you got a couple more years of where maybe you could play and you might have to settle for some place or you got to make a decision. Give up on uh, on your dream there. Or, you know, stay or go play someplace lesser. I, I don't like the options. I, I think we tend to forget about this. Because we'll always go to the NIL and all kids can get paid and stuff. But let's remember who gets paid in these things. It's the guys and gals that were probably going to a place where they were going to get paid for their efforts anyway after college. 
Those are the ones making the real money, the real difference. I think we tend to forget about that. So while I get it, 1 in 11, changes have got to be made. I understand. I get that argument. And I'm okay with it. I am. But I'm sorry. These, these people tell me I can't feel sorry for the kids. I've got to toughen up. And you, you took away a kid's scholarship. It is what it is. Cold world, but I, I don't think that should be a laughable analogy for you later after you've done it. Just don't think so. It's a little bit low class, personally. But it's a cold world. We turn this into a business now with the rules. If it wasn't somewhat of a business beforehand, maybe that's the next frontier for the student-athletes, the fight for those guaranteed scholarships. I just saying it stinks for those kids and to have somebody go on a national radio show and then laugh about it seems less than admirable. But, hey, this is the world we live in. This is the portal now. I am glad that that's not my coach out there talking about uh, ex-players like that in a program. We're going to take one last break here. We'll come back. Uh, it's the things we may have missed, and we wrap up the Hammer Down Show next on one. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and uh, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis. Don't forget, we do have coverage of the NFL draft tonight. That's right. Uh, you can hear it right here on 1017 The Hammer. We're going to have it for you all weekend long. It all starts tonight, uh, 6.30, I'm sorry, 7 o'clock. Uh, it'll kick off here, and then we're back again tomorrow at uh, 6.30 uh, with the draft coverage for the next couple rounds, and then it all wraps up on Saturday, uh, noon to 7. Uh, we got you covered. Sunday night baseball, the Mets at San Francisco on uh, – no, that was uh, this week. I'm sorry. Uh, i got to check my calendar here. Next week's uh, the Sunday night football – or Sunday night baseball this Sunday is Philadelphia and uh, Houston. So lots of stuff going on. Make sure you check out that uh, draft tonight. Uh, we'll have you covered here again at 7 o'clock. All right, let's go ahead and get into uh, the things we may have missed. The Internet, as it tends to be, gets in such a tizzy uh, over athletes and their NIL stuff, whether or not they deserve it, whether or not it's morally right, morally wrong, uh, it should be paid that much, shouldn't be paid that much. Livy Doon, who is the LSU gymnast, uh, has uh, just signed another massive deal. She is the number one earner, number one earner amongst uh, female athletes in the NCAA. And uh, she's just think the deal should be the first college athlete in Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I forgot they even still did this thing. They want to attract those uh, Gen Z kids to, uh, to, to the print stuff. Eh, get one of your own. A lot of people, I, I was surprised at the reaction on Twitter to it. Just doesn't make any sense. My only thing is, you, you, they had that whole instance with, uh, during their season, there were a lot of fans all of a sudden showed up that wanted to see her. They did not have a, a lot of security or anything like that. For Clearly, they're going to have to continue to ramp that up as she becomes uh, more popular. Uh, but she is by far... The biggest earner, $3.5 million. Angel Reese is at second with $1.4 million. And speaking of Angel Reese, um, 
her and her teammates just got a, another big earner as Haley Van Litt has decided to go to LSU. If you can't beat him, join him. I guess okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm sitting here in football and getting these uh, big old lectures about how, uh, you know, if you're not any good, uh, you can't play at places like Colorado. You know, you, you get cut at survival the fittest. If you're not up to snuff, um, then, then see ya. But here, uh, we get the defending champions getting uh, one of the best players in the country as well. And I'm going to have to be told that... Uh, uh, you know, I need to bow to the super team because it's the greatest ever and and uh, how great they are. But if you just, again, I, I go back to like the LeBron and the Heat thing. If you're just going to go and get the league's top players and nobody wants to compete with each other, they just want to get the ring, then w- what are we doing in sports then? I get it with like, you know, one team has a superstar, another superstar is looking for a home, boom. When we start getting like, you know, three, four, five, What are we doing? Does nobody want to compete anymore? That's supposed to be the whole point here. Not just to get the ring, but again, it's a business, and when you get the ring, you get a little bit more bling. So that's the way it is. I don't know. I I wasn't shocked. I had heard she'd taken those uh, trips down there, and I thought, you want to win the title, right? That seems the place to go. So, yeah, she'll jump on that bandwagon. Best luck. I'm not going to hate on them. But I'm definitely not going to want to listen to them. People just shove that down my throat that it's, you know, you have to you have to love this team and call it the number one team of all time. I hate getting into those arguments. I just, they're so dumb. They're so pointless. That's going to about do it for us here. Uh, with the Hammer Down show, I, I, thought, I, I thought we had uh, something lined up for tomorrow to recap the uh, first round, and I had to call it audible on this. Uh, I do know Monday Derek Schultz will be on with us here uh, in principle to recap the uh, Colts weekend in the draft and assess how they've done. Uh, we'll see what we can do about uh, getting the Bears uh, recapped as well. Some irons and fires haven't got any commitments back, so it's going to kind of have to wait and see here. And, of course, uh, the portal closes this weekend as well. We'll see what the damage has been done uh, on Monday with uh, in terms of Purdue and how many spots they have to fill. So, uh, we'll get you all the latest when it comes to the portal drama, draft recap, full weekend of baseball as well. And we're coming to the close of the Purdue Athletic season, too. Shout out to uh, women's tennis right now competing in their first match for the Big Ten tournament that's on campus. The men are down in Bloomington competing in the Big Ten championships uh, as well. And then uh, shout out to uh, the men's golf team who is out in Jersey. They tee off tomorrow morning for the Big Ten Championships. We'll talk about it all tomorrow here on the Hammer Down Show on 101.